0: Well, I hope you've all had a great past two weeks celebrating the um, Christmas and New Year's together with family and friends. And perhaps if you're anything like me, you might be a little tired, in a good way. Not an exhausted tired, but just tired because it has been a lot of quality time with family and friends. And it's beautiful that we do this. And uh, last night I had the great opportunity to be with uh, my family once more for New Year's Day. And my cousin brought over, um, well, my cousin was in from out of town, and he has two beautiful young daughters. One is six, and the other is two. And I noticed something that tends to happen at my family functions, that whenever the little kids are there, especially really little, two years old, that's all we talk about. We love to talk about it. They're precious. They're the best. We just absolutely love everything they do and they're adorable they say funny things they do odd stuff and anything they do is considered cute and all the family is is fighting for their attention and wanting to hold the young child and it's something natural that we do whenever we are around young cute kids that we want to give them our attention and around the holidays, it's no surprise that, you know, certainly in my family, but I see this in other families too. I have a lot of friends with, with, young, with young kids, and, and typically around the holidays, there's a time to open gifts, and if they, the younger they are, it seems, the more gifts they have. And so the whole living room is just filled with gifts, and it's just a joy. We like to watch them open the presents, no matter what is inside of it. And it's something natural within us, that whenever there is a young, beautiful child in our presence, we like to give them our attention and our gifts. And this is similar to the Magi, that just as we, with young kids, recognize that life is not about ourselves, but rather about these kids... The Magi recognized that life is not about themselves, but about this child, the baby Jesus that they were seeking from afar. And what we know about the Magi, it's kind of a mysterious um, story because these, these men show up out of nowhere. They show up from the east, probably from Persia, which is at least a thousand miles journey, which is going to take some time, at least a couple of months. So they went out of their way, these men who are not Jewish went out of their way to dedicate a long period of time and a lot of energy and resources in order to seek a child who, with human eyes, looks pretty ordinary and about the same as most other children. But yet, with the eyes of faith, they recognized that there was so much more to this child. And upon seeking him, and upon finding him, they Prostrate themselves, it says. Proskuneo, this Greek word meaning to lay down their whole lives before this child. They prostrate themselves in adoration, recognizing that this child is not just an adorable child, but rather the one to be adored. The most important child of all. This divine king that they have finally discovered. They prostrate themselves before this child. And then it says that they bring them gifts, these expensive gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, gifts of excellence, giving the child their best, the best of their resources because they know that this child is important. On the other hand, we have another character in the story, which is King Herod. And King Herod is really the opposite image, just as the Magi are an image of humility, prostration, adoration, and giving gifts to a king, Herod is an image of selfishness, narcissism, greed, an image of someone who lives their life for themselves and no one else, an image of someone who refuses to recognize the importance of God in their life. Herod, we know, is an Idumean king, which is a king that was not officially from the lineage that he should have been from for the Jewish people, but instead he was just kind of put in place by the Roman government to rule the Jewish people. And because of this, he recognized that his kingship was fragile. And he was very insecure about this. He was very nervous about losing his power. And so he clung to his power and, and enforced that on others. We know that King Herod was a very sinful man, a, a man who murdered a number of people, even people in his own family. And whenever he hears about this newborn king, he's very nervous because his position and his power are at risk. And so he wants to do whatever he can to hold on to hold on to this selfish power. And so we know, unfortunately, the story of the slaughter of the innocents, thousands of newborn Jewish children who were killed in King Herod's effort to find this newborn king of the Jews and to destroy him. So we have a dichotomy here between the Magi and King Herod. Magi being an image of humility. King Herod being an image of narcissism. As we come to Mass, and as we come to adoration, and as we come to prayer, even in our own homes, we have a choice to make. We can imitate either of these two characters in this story. In our spiritual lives, we can make it all about ourselves, or we can make it about God. And the great temptation is for all of us to imitate King Herod, because deep within us we do have this ugliness of sin, this concupiscence that eats us alive and poisons our desires and our thoughts. And if we aren't careful, without intending it and without realizing it, our narcissism and our selfishness will take over and destroy others it will take over our lives and even our relationship with God and become a huge barrier between us and the Christ child. It's our desire instead is that as we come to adoration, as we come to church, as we come to prayer, we want to imitate the two actions that the Magi manifested. One is prostration. This physical gesture of adoration before our King. Especially when we are in the presence of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, we want to make sure that our bodies line up with our soul's desire to adore our King. This is why we do things like genuflecting. This is why we do things like kneeling at various parts of the Mass. This is why we bow at different parts of the Mass. And this is why in prayer, we make sure that we are in a position conducive to focusing our attention to God. That's our first thing we want to do. We want to prostrate. We want to adore. We want to physically manifest our attention upon the Lord. The second thing is that we want to give him gifts. The Magi gave him gifts of excellence. Magi gave God their best of resources. So certainly, we want to give God our resources, our time, and our energy, and our stuff. We want to give all that to the Lord for his glory. But interiorly, we want to give God everything else. Our fears, our worries, our stresses, our intentions, our prayers. We want to give it all to the Lord. And ultimately, we want to give the Lord our hearts. That's all God really wants. God desires our hearts. But when we say our hearts, we mean our whole lives, our whole selves. That's the gift. That's greater than anything that we can give to the Lord. But you and I both know that as we try to give our hearts to the Lord, because we've tried before, probably, most of us in this room have tried to do this, and we both know that as we do it, we might have moments that that seem right, but we we also come to terms with the reality that we could do better. There's something holding us back. We are holding something back from the Lord. We don't want to, but we tend to. And what is it? What is, what's keeping us back? What prevents us from giving the Lord everything? What prevents us from this intimacy with the Christ child? What prevents us from living and dwelling in an active relationship with the Holy Spirit? What prevents us from knowing our identity in the eyes of God the Father? Well, maybe a few things. I want to reverence that. There's probably a number of things, but I would be willing to suggest that the biggest thing keeping us back is our sin. And I know we've been talking a lot about intimacy with God. We've been talking a lot about welcoming the stranger and and our mission here at St. Leo and, and, and the culture that we desire here. But I think now it's time to start talking a little bit about sin. We're at a new year. We find ourselves in a new season, a new beginning. And this is good news. And as we approach the reality of sin, we have to recognize that we tend to imitate Herod more than the Magi. And we all have our own stories and our own reasons why. But I'd like for you to consider, what would it look like if we took sin seriously this year? Consider, maybe in your own prayer life, the ways that you've been unfaithful to the Lord, The the times where you didn't give the Lord enough time, or you didn't give God your best. Or maybe in your own family life, times where you held back from serving your family, from loving your family. The times where you were selfish. The times where you lost your patience and didn't sacrifice the ways that you should have. Maybe in your workplace, times where you've cut corners, maybe you gossiped or Or judged or took advantage of your position of power over others. Consider sins of indulgence or laziness or anger or lust, sins of greed and jealousy, sins of pride and vanity. We are all victims of this burden of sin in our lives. The good news is that without Jesus, we would destroy ourselves, just like King Herod. But with Jesus, we have a way out. God really is our Savior. He's saving us from something, from the destruction of sin in our lives. But far too many of us become complacent. We come used to our sins. We justify that, well, it maybe really isn't that big of a deal. Maybe we compare ourselves to others, and if we can find at least one more person in this world that's more sinful than us, then we're all right. But what if we took sin seriously this year? I believe that God is asking us to give him our whole hearts, our whole selves, and to hold nothing back. And as we do that, we discover an intimacy and a freedom and a joy like none other. God wants this for us, but the key is to recognize that life is not about ourselves, it's about God. King Herod lived his life for himself and found destruction. The Magi lived their life for God, and they found the newborn king. We, this year, at A New Beginning, I believe, are ready to take sin seriously, to examine our own lives, and to open our hearts to the great mercy of God with great confidence to come to the Lord and to the confessional, to examine our lives every single night before bed, to be concrete, intentional about our strategies to break away from these sins that have become habits, maybe even to turn to one another and to hold each other accountable as we encourage each other away from our bad habits. God is very patient with us. His mercy is greater than any sin we've ever committed. But he's waiting for us to take this seriously. He's waiting for us to choose him, to seek him like the wise men. And with his guidance, we will discover a relationship like none other. This year will be different. This time next year, we will be holier, This time next year, we will be closer to God because we are going to take sin seriously this year. We'll do it with great gentleness. We'll do it with great patience. And we do it with great trust in God's mercy. But we're serious because we're ready to encounter the Father's love for us. Amen.